Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to the Recover Your Soul podcast. I am so grateful that you are here today, and I'm so glad that you have found this podcast if you're new. And if you're coming back, thank you again for choosing to spend your time with me. We had our June Soul Recovery Support Group, and I love this group, and I love how we get together and offer each other support. And almost everybody that is in the group is there because of some addiction in their lives. They are either an addict, they have addiction in their family, and we are mostly here because we are recovering from the need to control others. And so the topic that I had in the support group for June was around blame. And what I was thinking about when I was talking about blame in starting the group was how we blame others for our own happiness. We blame others for how our life is turning out and we don't take responsibility for ourselves. What I loved and what I wanted to talk about both things in this episode, but what I loved was one of the members then came back and said, you know, what I recognize when I think about blame is the blame I feel for myself, the blame I give myself for what I have done for the reactions that I've had for how I have been with somebody else in my life, particularly somebody who is struggling with addiction, that they blame themselves for the problems 
that this loved one has. And I thought that was really profound because that hadn't even been in my head, of course, because I was coming from my perspective, coming from in my soul recovery journey that I had more blame on the outside than I did blaming myself on the inside. But these are major aspects of the soul recovery and major aspects of learning how to lessen this control, release the control on both sides of that blame coin. So that's what we're going to talk about today. When I was thinking about my perspective of how I blamed the world, I blamed my husband, I blamed the circumstances with my kids, I blamed my job, I blamed these outside things for my life and for why I was unhappy and why I needed to drink to keep myself from going completely crazy. That my real ego self suffering came from this place of wishing that somebody else would be something else so that I would be okay. And I've said before that my Enneagram is I'm a peacemaker. And I think for many of us, we're helpers, peacemakers that are in this place where we're trying to fix, control, manage the world around us. And that I didn't feel like I could be okay. I didn't feel like I could be at ease unless everybody else around me was okay and at ease. And I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that everybody else was okay. And yet I was mad at them for not being okay. I was angry at them for not being okay because I never felt okay. And so it's this constant circle, right? You're not okay, so I'm not okay. I'm not okay, so you're not okay. So it just flipped and flipped and flipped and flipped. And that blame that I felt was so intense. And the story I told in the support group last night that I've told before is going into a therapy session with my husband, actually with my pastor of my church. And I spent that whole 50 minutes just being so filled with what I wanted my husband to do to be different, why I was angry at him. And I think about all the money that we spent going to the kind of therapists that just allow you to talk and share your frustrations and your anger. And that those times, basically, it was money that we spent for the two of us to just argue at each other and have the other person be forced to be quiet <laughs> while we talked about why we didn't like each other or what we wanted different from each other or what we were angry about or what we were resentful about. So in this particular session was actually with our minister. So it was supposed to be spiritual counseling. And yet I was so filled with all of that part of me that just wanted it to be different, that wanted him to be different, that was angry at how he was being with his alcoholism, with our kids, with how he was in the house, with what he was doing, that that was my anger. So we get out of that meeting and the time's up and I don't even remember anybody really even saying anything besides me just going off the handle on this. And my minister called me and he said, you know, we ran out of time because I think he had another parishioner coming in. 
we ran out of time, but I, I really need to ask you what your part is in this. I really need you to start to think about and look at where are you in this? Where is your responsibility lie? You were putting all your energy on the blame of your happiness on your husband, and yet you're not putting any energy into what your part is. Are you responsible for it in any way? And when he said that to me, I remember being really upset. I felt unsupported by my minister. I wanted somebody on my side. How often do we go out into the world and we complain about everything that's happening to us? And what we're really trying to get is we're trying to get reinforcements. We're trying to get other people to agree with us and be on our side. Yeah, he's being an asshole. Oh, yeah, totally. I can't believe that they did that to you. Why would they do that to you? You're right. You're right. You're right. When we do that, we're closing ourselves off to God. Where is higher power in this? What is your responsibility in this? Where can you allow yourself to change how you're seeing it and stop having all of that power handed to somebody else to decide if you're okay or not? So you know that I say that we don't have control of a single thing outside of ourselves, not a person, not a circumstance. All we have control of is us and our interpretation, our responsibility, our view. Are we bringing all this projection from the past? Are we bringing fear into it? Are we having expectation I had an expectation of how I wanted my husband to behave, who I wanted him to be, how I wanted him to be. And when he wasn't meeting that expectation, I was angry. Now, there was some real stuff that was happening, some real negative stuff that was happening. Those things are real. So it's not that you're overlooking the circumstances that are happening that were being detrimental to my child. My husband's drinking was was off the hook. He wasn't connected. I wasn't connected. My drinking was off the hook if I was honest, but I wasn't looking at that. I wasn't willing to look at the fact that I was equally as judgmental and desiring for control over him as I was angry at him being angry and wanting control and demanding something different of my child. I was doing the exact same behavior, but I wouldn't recognize that I had that same behavior because I was blaming him. So that time when my minister said that to me was one of those moments that just kind of shook my cage a little bit. It rattled my cage So that when I could step into, finally step into the rooms of recovery, that I knew what he was saying, that taking that time to turn the attention to myself, this is especially in Al-Anon, to recognize that that part of us that wants the other person to be different, wants the situation to be different, wants them to behave differently so that I can be okay is actually taking the one place that I have power, the one place where I can 
have control, which is over my own emotions, my own perceptions, my own responses, and handing it over to somebody else, and then just being angry. So when I started to do soul recovery, and I started to doing this work, and letting go of whatever was on the outside, and just feeling the feelings of deep sadness that my son was struggling so much and had so much despair, deep sadness over the fact that they wouldn't have the kind of relationship that I wished that they would have, that I thought that a father and son should have, that I didn't have the kind of closeness and connection with my spouse that I wished that I had, allowing myself just to have those feelings, to recognize that my drinking was not good and that I was negatively affecting our lives in my drinking instead of being so obsessed with how his drinking was negatively affecting our lives. That I started doing the work on myself, that I started seeing my part, that I started recognizing that I wasn't a very good listener, that I actually didn't allow my husband to share his feelings or his thoughts that I thought I knew better, that I thought I had answers for everything, and that I was really irritated and disappointed that he wasn't just following my lead, that he wasn't doing what I wanted. Well, he was irritated that my son wasn't doing what he wanted. So we were in the same boat, both equally as irritated. And then actually the interesting piece is that next level of blame The self-blame started to come when I allow myself to see that part, when I could quit being so angry at the outside world for not showing up for me the way that I wanted it, start to see it for what it is, start to have compassion for all of the players, awarenesses of each individual person's journey, start to just allow myself to feel the feelings the sadness, you know, anger is really an overlay of the emotion of sadness. Then I looked at these people that I had negatively affected that I loved so much. And I look at my kids. And I think, if I had been healthier, if I hadn't been an alcoholic, if I had had the ability to look at my life differently, if I had been the person that I am today, when they were little, especially middle school, high school years, maybe they wouldn't be having such a hard time. Maybe my son wouldn't have had to go through everything that he went through. And it can be easy to blame myself for not doing it right, for not being a good parent. And I have had those moments, I've had those depths of despair, of real suffering, of feeling like I failed him my oldest son in particular. And, you know, Bodhi as well. I remember we went to the counseling sessions when Rich and I were separated and we were doing counseling with the kids. And there was a period of that time when we were separated that I had actually said that I wanted a divorce. And we had gone into this counselor with the counselor and the kids and announced that we were getting a divorce. In one of those sessions, Bodhi shared with me that he had been ignored as a kid because so much of my time and energy, mine in particular, had gone towards trying to fix and save and 
do all the things, the enmeshment that I had, the codependence that I had with my older son, Alex, that Bodhi really felt like he had not had a mom in the way that he wanted one. And I remember how painful that felt to me, that at that moment, I could see that I had, I had failed my youngest child, that I hadn't been present for him in the way that he had needed. And that was, that was a a turning point for me to realize that I was expending so much energy on one child to the deficit of another child. And yet at that time, my life was spinning out of control and I was drinking and I didn't know what was going on. And I still felt like it just didn't feel attainable. It didn't feel like there was going to be a solution somehow. It felt like I just thought literally my world would implode on itself and we would all just combust from pain. But at that moment, I made a decision that I was going to try to see things different, that I was going to have a willingness to see things differently. Bodhi and I have a fantastic relationship. And I think that through him having the strength to be able to tell me what he needed from me and that I had shortcomings, that I could begin to change how I interacted with him and begin to try to lessen that tightness that I had of control, that grip of control that I was trying to have on Alex's life and be more connected with Bodhi. And now that I look back on our scenario and our situation, and I look at those feelings that I have of feeling blame, blaming myself for my inadequacies as a parent, those are real. There is definitely things that I did and shortcomings that I had as a parent that did not benefit my children that set them up to have a harder experience, that set up for them ways that they interact with the world that they are going to have to work on as adults. But again, we come down to this place of soul recovery, which goes down generation after generation after generation of dysfunction, especially in alcoholic homes. Alcoholism is a family disease. Interestingly enough, even if there wasn't necessarily alcoholism, whatever the ways that everybody managed their lives with were passed down, whether it was lack of communication, maybe you had a family that didn't have alcoholism, but they weren't terribly affectionate. They didn't say, I love you. They didn't have that way of really expressing themselves. And so there was this flatness in how people connected with each other. And that's how you learn. That's how you learn how to connect with the next person down. Maybe there was the be good and be quiet. There's so many ways that we communicate with each other. So many ways that our families communicated with each other. And when we think of alcoholism, sometimes we think of violence and some families have a lot of violence, but generally it comes down to how we emotionally connect with each other. And that emotional connection can take generations for us to open up and be able to choose individually, each and every one of us, that's the soul recovery 
that at this point in my life at 52 years old and four and a half years of sobriety this time, I am making a choice to release blame on the inside and on the outside, to take responsibility for myself, to make amends to those that I did harm, and to have more fortitude and strength in myself to be able to maintain my own happiness, regardless of what's happening around me, to connect deeply with my higher power, to know that that's actually where my strength comes from, and to trust and believe that that's actually where my loved one's strength can come from if they're open to it. Even though the blame is that I didn't do something right for my kids, I did the best with what I had, with what I had to offer. And sometimes it was great and sometimes it wasn't. But now they have to pick up the ball of soul recovery. Now they have to be the ones that are going to decide whether they are going to live a happy life or not. I can't blame myself that something that I did is the end all of whether they're going to survive or not. And some of the damages that we've done to people are substantially worse and some are not so bad. But to beat ourselves up and to be in a place where we're constantly reliving that and giving ourselves a blame for that and not having a willingness to step into a new life for ourselves doesn't benefit you or the other person. But you can have clarity of being able to go to those people that you either blamed or feel blaming yourself of, of not doing something right for them and make an amend. There is an episode on amending and soul recovery to recognize and claim and take responsibility for those aspects of ourselves where we took the control in the wrong place, whether we were giving it to someone else for our own happiness or were demanding control of someone else that negatively affected them. Both of those circumstances can be equally painful for that other person. And when we take responsibility for ourselves and we release that blame, and then we also voice if it is safe and healthy to speak to those people, voice that responsibility make that amend. You can make an emotional amend without talking to them, an energetic amend, if that's the healthy, right thing to do. And we clear ourselves of that blame on both sides of the coin. Because for us to be whole, for us to have our spiritual center, for us to feel that deep connection with our higher power, we've got to let go of these heavy burdens Because we can't do anything about the past, but you can change how you feel about the past in this very moment. You can allow yourself to be healed from those resentments and those hurts. You can allow yourself to let that burden down and to release the blame and the pain and the resentment and the anger and the suffering. And find a more clear-centered place so that from this moment, from this moment right here, I can choose to be a different person. I can choose to take responsibility for my own feelings. And I can choose to be with the people that I love in a healthy, clear, and compassionate way, even if their life is still chaos. 
even if there is still dysfunction, I get to choose what those interactions are going to be like. And I can continue to take responsibility for myself and my responses, my feelings, my attitudes about each one of these relationships that I have in my life. And it's not easy, but it's doable. And when we decide that we're worth it, I love how it says at the end of 12-step meetings, it works if you work it and you're worth it. Because it does work if you work it. If you make a decision every day that you're going to put this practice into your life, taking responsibility for yourself, turning within, finding connection with your higher power, asking that higher power to be your guide, finding the words to speak to people that are kind, that are necessary, staying in your own lane, connecting to the needs that you have, allowing other people to have their own experience, releasing the blame of other people for your own feelings, releasing the blame that you feel for yourself of other people's lives. Profound changes happen. Profound growth and happiness and contentment can happen in your own world and your own life, even if other people are still not healthy. We can't make anyone else be healthy. We can only work our own path, our own soul recovery journey. So I offer you this gift of releasing the coin of blame, both sides of the coin. If you want help working on this, again, book a coaching session with me. I'd love to help you with this. My life is so profoundly different. The way that I think and feel is so profoundly different. And that's the guide that we come from, is sharing our experience, strength, and hope with each other. Until next time, namaste.
wrong or right. The healing comes when we see the love in you and me. Standing up as ourselves, happy and free. What if we love each other? how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover Your Souls on social media, of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect, and there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.